Well, hey, I'm Todd, and I want to welcome you to another reading of the Bible. We are in Acts chapter 15, and reminder, Paul and Barnabas and a delegation from Antioch have arrived in Jerusalem, and they are uh, going through this big question of whether Jews or Gentiles should have to follow the Jewish law. And Paul stands up and talks, Peter talks, Barnabas talks, and now we end up with James who's sort of issuing the ultimatum or the verdict. And he says this in verse 19. And so my judgment is that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles are turning, who are turning to God. It's almost like James is saying, they're turning to God, just leave them alone. They're coming to know God, just don't get in the way. And so that's a very clarifying statement because overall we're saved through faith, not by works. We're saved by grace, not by works, not by stuff that we do. And yet we are called to live a life that will bring other people closer to God. We're called to live a life of worship to God. So we do have to do things. We just don't earn our salvation through what we do. And so they do ultimately decide that they're going to clarify, hey, Gentiles, we're going to give you a list of a few things to do, but it's only because we want to create more unity within the body. These are some core things that God gave us that they were spoken every Sunday. And you know what? We're going to just ask that you adhere to these. And so here's what they say. Verse 20, instead, we should write and tell them to abstain from, and then they list four things, eating food offered to idols, from sexual immorality, from eating the meat of strangled animals, and from consuming blood. Okay, so now three of the four relate to things that you eat. Okay, they re relate to dietary restrictions. And if you know anything about the Jewish law, there are a lot of dietary restrictions. You can summarize it with the word kosher. If you've ever seen kosher salt or uh, maybe pickles, I think say they're kosher on there. There's certain things that Jews can eat. And if you see the word kosher, that means a Jew can eat it. And those things are laid out in the Old Testament. It says, eat this, don't eat that. Don't eat a, for example, don't eat an animal with a hooven or cloven hoof. Well, that's a pig. So Jews can't eat bacon. I know that there's a tear rolling down all of your eyes right now because Jews can't eat bacon. But Christians can because Jesus came to abolish, not to abolish, but to fulfill that law. So we're not held by our dietary restrictions. We shouldn't eat bacon as much because it's not good for us, but that doesn't mean we can't. So here's the things that they say. Uh, food offered to idols. Why that one? Well, there's a spiritual sense about eating food offered to idols. Uh, from eating meat of strangled animals. Okay, that was something that they wanted uh, that's in the law. Uh, not to be offensive to an animal that was strangled. And from consuming blood. And I was thinking to myself, surely people today don't consume blood. But there's a couple ways to think about this. Number one, if you ate a steak that had been cooked rare, you're consuming blood in the Jewish sense. And even more than that, this news article came up in my feed where an actress named Megan Fox and a rapper named Machine Gun Kelly, who are engaged, are drinking each other's blood regularly for what they say is ritual purposes. So that's a very odd thing, but that's happening in our modern day world. And this rule would have said, don't do that. I think it's obvious we shouldn't drink blood, but for whatever reason, they're doing it for ritual purposes even today. And we know the Gentiles, they didn't have any of these restrictions. They would eat, uh, drink blood at rituals. They would uh, eat uh, meat from strangled animals. They would eat food offered to idols. They didn't even think about it. 
But if you're a Jew and you sit down at the table with a Gentile and they start doing these things, imagine how you're going to feel. That's going to create division among the group. And so one way that the Gentiles can show unity with the Jews is just to change a few minor pieces of their rituals of eating. Now, the last one they say is sexual immorality. And that's a whole nother piece that we can talk about. But essentially, the Jews believe that marriage is between one man and one woman, and sexuality is reserved for the covenant of marriage. It's the fulfillment of the unification of two people in marriage, a man and a woman. Now, Gentiles didn't necessarily have that same restriction. It was not nearly as, as well known because God didn't give it to the Gentiles like he did to the Jews. And they would marry their brothers. They would marry, uh, you know, people, close relatives, things like that. And essentially what they're saying is if we're going to mix these two cultures together, we can't have that. All these, the Gentiles are going to have to, to a, a, adhere to some sort of morality in their sexuality because we're going to be offering our daughters and sons to marry them. So I think that's why there's unification there. This thing finishes in verse 21. It says, For these laws of Moses have been preached in Jewish synagogues in every city on every Sabbath for many generations. In other words, these are well documented. These aren't just made up by some rogue rabbi. These are well known. And you can go back and read Leviticus 17 and 18 if you want. But they're very, very well known. So today I want to challenge us to do things that unify each other as the body. Let's pray. God, please bring us unity among the body. Bring us unity among churches, among believers, among small groups, among our friends. Unity that can only come through chasing after you, God, because we know that if we're all chasing after Jesus, we're all going to arrive in the same place. And God, we love you. We thank you so much. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.